This is episode 38 of Both Laugh, the Dying Scene Quarantine Chat Show. Uh, as always, I'm Jay Stone, and today we've got sort of a very special edition of Both Laugh. Uh, some of you might know that May is Mental Health Awareness Month, uh, and I certainly uh, admit to that I haven't been doing as much as I should to help promote that, even though it's a cause that's very near and dear to my heart. Um, but I'm honored today to be joined by Rob Rover Rushing from the nonprofit uh, Punk Rock Saves Lives. If you're not familiar, which you should be by now, Punk Rock Saves Lives is an awesome organization um, that takes on issue, issues of equal rights, um, health concerns, human rights, uh, et cetera, et cetera. This is, a, this is a really cool thing, and it's sort of a blending of my day job and my um, weekend job, my nights and weekends dying scene job. Uh, I've worked in in and around mental health counseling, substance abuse counseling, um, alternative sentencing programs, things like that for the last two decades, which is a weird thing to actually say out loud at this point. Uh, but Rob, thanks for thanks for doing this. I, I really appreciate this. Absolutely. You, we're, we are all big fans of Dying Scene, so this makes us really, really happy to be involved. And um, kind of from the beginning of the charity, um, which, believe it or not, Punk Rock Saves Lives is less than two years old. It, yeah. it, it, we've made such big strides already, but, you know, and we came, the reason it maybe it feels like it's been faster is that we came out of the ashes of Love, Hope, Strength, the charity right. that Tina and I both worked for. And I was with them for uh, 10 years and yeah. they just decided to do away with their outreach program. They're still a charity. They're still great. They're still doing good things in the world, but it meant the end of our jobs. And Kanatina and I both, uh, along with, luckily, along with Nathan Maxwell from Flag and Molly and um, Justin Sane from Anti-Flag and Adam Baum from The Faction. And we all were close. We were friends enough to say when, when Love, Hope, Strength was deciding to let us go, we weren't ready to quit doing good. And I went to my wife first and then to these guys and said, hey, do you think we could this is my idea. What do you think? And yeah. not a single person said, no, everybody went, let's do it. Yeah. And so go fast forward, you know, just to give you a little background, fast yeah. forward, um, November of the first weekend of November, we became punk rock saves lives of 2019, obviously. Um, the first event we did was the punk rock. I mean the Floggy Molly cruise. Um, and it really was kind of an intro. We had done it as love, hope, strength for, four years and so on the fifth one um we became punk rock saves lives and we were able to transition and luckily have those amazing uh Foggy molly fans immediately embrace us and yeah, that yeah. um and they knew us they knew we basically were the same people just right. becoming something new and something more um a word i use as you were trying to describe us is, is utilitarian yeah. we uh you know we want to be a charity that can move and shake and make uh, contributions to our communities and uh, beneficial changes to our communities through uh, punk rock. So whatever, if a band wants to represent something, we can be that for them. We can, we can tour with a, if let's just, let's just say Pennywise wants to work with uh, cleaning up beaches, we can build a fund or in a campaign around that and represent that for them every night and then put all of that money to beach cleanup and directly deliver it to, I like, I like to think we're we're directly taking 
funds and ideas to grassroots organizations. Sure. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. The the gigantic charities of the world do a lot of good. Yeah. Um, but they generate a lot of money. Um, we we'd like to you know figure out a way that we can survive yet also funnel a lot of fundraising directly into other grassroots organizations. So it's um, so that that kind of was the impetus of the idea. Um, obviously, uh, we got back home to Denver from that. I toured home from the cruise with Pennywise, Authority Zero in the Bronx. Oh, and awesome. they played, it was crazy. They played all the way from Miami because Pennywise was on the cruise with and so were the Bronx. Yep. And Authority Zero have done the cruise a lot, but they weren't on this year. But they met us at the first, the first, we get off the boat in Miami. The next night we're playing a show in that tour yeah. and it went all of the stops got me all the way home to Denver. <laughs> That's great. So it was like, it was like, I got to drive home anyway. I might right. as well table with my favorite, three of my favorite bands. Right. And so we, uh, we were lucky to do that, but we got home and spent, you know, the rest of December, January, February, getting ready to be the, you know, be it. And yeah. I left, I left in March to meet anti-flag we were doing the whole two-month anti-flag tour and i was all the way to rochester new york and i don't know if if you guys know of 1916 but an amazing yeah, irish yeah. punk sure i was i had pulled my camper into billy's front yard the singer and was sleeping in my front yard when i got the phone call from anti-flag that we were gonna have to pull the plug because of covid and oh, no. i had to turn around and drive all the way home so <laughs> We get we get all the way back here, and then obviously the pandemic is full raging within a few weeks of that. Yeah, and uh, we were you know we pulled the tour because it was getting scary. Nobody knew what was happening, right. and then nobody still knows what's happening. But but a few weeks later, it was fully raging, and we had to figure out what to do. And that's when we made the real moves into mental health awareness and you know support groups and all of that stuff online. Um, unlike you, we're none of us are, um, we have some supporters that are, but we're not, sure. none of, none of us legally are, uh, can advise you on anything. We are your ear. We yeah. are your first person. We, we try to make that very clear. Um, none of us are licensed. So we're not here to give therapy. We're here to, if you need to call us, if I will listen, I will, you know, be your friend. I will make sure you know you're loved and then let's work together to get you to some help in your town or your city. And we can find those resources. We're lucky to have made some great friends through all sorts of stuff like that. Um, you know, and we're building more and more. We had a meeting with the National Crisis Line today. Oh, really? about Yeah. So we're working on a process of having the National Text Crisis Line as Punk Rock Saves Lives. So we might be able to directly put you to some people right off the bat yeah, yeah, yeah um so we're working on that and we we're building a group and we're trying to find more licensed therapists so hitting you up a little there jason we might <laughs> um, i'm not licensed we, i can't do that oh, okay. which is a long well, story we, but I'll, but yeah we can get into that after yeah if we get into if we get into finding a, you know a, a select bunch of punk rockers that have gone forward and used their yeah. their calling in their lives to become a therapist or become a uh um, crisis advisor or you know stuff that's licensed we yeah. want to eventually build a whole network 
of punk rockers that you know they might not look like punk rockers and what is the punk rock look you know what i mean we we all we all grew up we had to get jobs you know right so um you know if we can build a network of people in different cities all over the country that are licensed that will volunteer like say hey i've got 10 hours for y'all this month well what if we could just someone calls us and says hey i'm having these horrible thoughts and i live in boston do you know anyone yeah, boom yeah. At least if we right. could get them to someone for one hour you know and we could maybe eventually even try to figure out a way to pay the people for it um we're still in the process of building all the fundraising and all the you know operating day-to-day kind of stuff and yeah. it, it really is grassroots we look like a giant organization already but in the grand scheme of things it's me and my wife doing just about everything with some help from you know from our board of directors and we have Leland Fallon, our uh, artist liaison, and he's a lot of punk rockers know him because he's worked with other charities for a long time and he's wonderful. And we got Mackenzie Walters out in Albuquerque, who's kind of our uh, female on the scene and really gives us, helps us with, you know, feminine ideals within the scene. Total riot girl. She's, she's badass. I love that. And then we've got Dan Falkenthal out in Chicago who is our mental health uh, advocate. And he really, um, he really is the one every day posting the affirmations, uh, affirmations, excuse me, on our websites and on our uh, Instagrams and all that stuff. You, you'll see every day there's, you know, something, you, you know, you are positive, you are all this stuff. And it's phenomenal because just those little things every day can help someone. Then we got our awesome buddy in Cincinnati, Joshua Kramer, who does most of our um, graphic design and everything when he's not being a fireman. So (laughs) like we said, like we said, everybody's got real careers, but they want to, or have have gone to that, but that doesn't change the ideals of, you know, of being a punk rocker and growing up. And, you know, we, we subscribe and, and I commented on your uh, Joe Strummer tattoo before we went live, but, you, for you those might that have heard, haven't seen it yet i don't think it's made its uh show appearance yet but that's absolutely gorgeous i i, I love color work and yeah, yeah. that's um, all that's all, like so I, I love black and gray and whatever but i like sort of looking like a like a nascar car i like yeah it's like collecting bumper stickers yeah yeah, yeah i am too i i don't have complete sleeves but i have yeah. more tattoos than my my tattoos on my arm are probably more than most people's sleeves because right. there are uh, this one's all travel. When I tour with bands or festivals, oh, yeah, or if, yeah, I yeah. In, yep. if I fall in love with a city, I get a tattoo for that city. So, sure. and it's you, all on this arm at the moment. So. You have a Tennessee flag on, I do. on your arm. I, so I was in a photo pit once and I don't remember where I was just thinking about this the other day. It must've been, must've been a warp tour, mm-hmm. I guess, but I was wearing a, I had a Tennessee flag hat that I got at the Nashville airport on uh, one of the trips that I went to, um, to Memphis to go see Lucero because we go to their block party every year. Um, and you, I remember we sort of made a connection that way. You're like, Hey, I got the, are you from Tennessee? I was like, no, I just bought the hat at the airport. Cause I, liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was born right outside of Nashville. Okay. Um, and, but I grew up in the, in Savannah and Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. Um, but after college, um, I went to college in South Georgia and uh, after college, my dad, my biological father still lived in the Nashville area. And he was like, son, I haven't done a whole lot for you. 
uh, I know you're doing this music thing and all of that. Why don't you move to Nashville? You can live with me for free and uh, you can get back to your, your home roots. So I took a chance at 23 and moved to Nashville and lived there for 18 more years. Wow. It was, uh, it was an amazing time. I worked for a lot of amazing bands, a lot of amazing venues there. Um, it really got me built into the music deeper than I already was in the, you know, in Atlanta and Savannah and, uh, I, you know, I did some exploratory tours with bands in the, in the nineties and eighties with amazing, you know, black rock band from Atlanta called follow for now was like my first chance at real, real roadie job and all sorts yeah. of stuff. But, uh, I worked at a venue in Savannah and worked for every band you can imagine when they were coming up in the yeah. late 80s, early 90s. And it was uh, it was a really cool thing. So when I moved to Nashville, I had a little bit under my belt, but I got there and really got some. Um, and then I took this I took kind of a Scott Radinsky uh, weird detour and it might blow your mind. But um, I kind of burned out on music um, in my late 20s early 30s and i was a golf pro for 10 years oh for so, real yeah oh that's I, wild uh, i worked in uh i worked in a golf store originally and then i got hired out of the golf store by a golf course and i uh, ran the, a golf course for a number of years but then um in 20 2009 uh, i had a very very dear friend pass away and um you're not supposed to die at 32 um and so I kind of had this weird, uh, almost third eye open and not, you know, I'm not all metaphysical and all that, but kind of something was telling me I needed to be doing something. I felt like I was, um, I was living in the world. I wasn't doing good or bad. I was just living. Yeah, yeah. And, um, the crazy part is two weeks after he died, I was, uh, flipping channels at the golf course on a rainy day. Uh, cause I had a big screen TV in the clubhouse for everybody. And I was there sure. by myself. Nobody was at the golf course, but I had to be there to accept deliveries and all sorts of stuff like that. And, um, there used to be a station on the high def end of the networks. No one has networks anymore. Everybody yeah, streams yeah. now, but, right. but in the, you know, in the days of past, um, <laughs> we had, uh, there was a streaming station way up on the high end band of, uh, called palladia and it was yeah. mtv yeah, it was mtv but it was all concerts yeah and yep. all, and, and documentaries yep and i am a music documentary junkie as, as uh, am i yep definitely punk rock stuff but any any um yeah. anything i'll watch you know yep. I, i've watched the millie vanilli one believe it or not but <laughs> yep. just because i like i just like hearing the stories of what happened and it's just kind of cool yep. um but out of nowhere um, I, my favorite, uh, and we'll argue, you can argue, people argue all day about what is punk. Yeah. And, um, but my favorite, um, my favorite band from when I was 14 on, uh, was a band called the alarm. Sure. Yeah, yeah. They were, if anything, kind of like the second to third wave of punk, but they were crossing into the new wave. And yep. it was that confusing time when, punk was new wave and new wave was punk and, right. and you know it, it kind of but they kind of fit in there and they used uh, acoustic guitars instead of electrics so it gave them this different and yep. they were i hate to say it they were the revival tour before chuck decided oh, to do sure. a revival yeah, yeah yeah but they had always been my favorite band and i'm flipping channels that day and there's a documentary with mike the lead singer some gem phantom of uh 
of Stray Cats and Glenn Tilbrook of Squeeze, they all went and climbed Mount Everest to raise money for cancer. And they were found at this charity called Love, Hope, Strength. And I had known Mike had cancer. Yeah. I didn't know he had launched a charity and I didn't know anything about this documentary. And there it was. And I watched it till the end. I picked up the phone that day and in 2009 and said, um, I don't need money or anything. When I got someone on the phone, I said, I don't need money or anything. I just want to bring this to Nashville. What can I do to help y'all? Yeah. And so for two years, I kind of volunteered with them. And then in 2011, they asked me to come to work for them full time. And I packed up my whole life and took a substantial pay cut to move to a more expensive city called Denver. <laughs> and, but things fell into place. And for 10 years, we registered people for the National Marrow Donor Program. And um, it all, it, I can't, I, it's really weird to say I can't name the number of lives that we've given a chance to because right. it's well in the thousands that we've given people a chance at life to do just by asking you to swab your cheek at concerts. We keep that program together for Punk Rock Saves Lives and we will be doing that activation at some of the big festivals. Um, you know, and we're nailing down those, we're getting invited to all of them. I think we're going to be at Fest for the first time. So I'm kind oh, of excited. Awesome. Yeah. It, they, they offered us a free table in the flea market. So uh, I just got to make sure everything's right and in line and we'll be there for the first time. And there's so many great bands playing that. Um, we're definitely going to be. At, yeah. I think all of them are playing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We're definitely going to be at Camp Punksylvania, a new, a new yep. festival this year. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, the ladies that have put that together are so inspirational and I can't wait to make it happen. Matter of fact, we're, we're working on a special edition skateboard. Oh, nice. But, I didn't hear that. <laughs> no. It's, it's really cool. I've seen the design and as long as everybody's out of wood right now, so because of yeah, the yeah, yeah. pandemic right. and the wildfires and everything, but as long as we got it in, it's in September. So we've got it in four or five months in advance. Hopefully we'll have them done in time, but they're, if it looks like it's going to happen, there will only be about 60 for sale. Oh, so wow. they're going to be a really collector's edition kind of crossbreed camp yeah. Pennsylvania punk rock saves lives um, skate deck. Yeah, um, that's awesome. With Earth. We, you know, we work with Earth a lot, which a lot of you don't know is Jason DeVore of Authority Zero. Right. But he and uh, Clay Lake launched or rebrought Earth back to life. The original, they own the, the copyrights to the original Earth and all of that. Oh, and, wow. Okay. And so, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's really cool. So they, when they wanted to launch their own company, they wanted to call it Earth and then realized that there was an Earth. And so they went back and, you know, worked with the people and bought the copyrights and all of that. So they actually have the ability to use the old logo, but they don't. Um, yeah. But it's really cool stuff. But after all that, you know, I get back to I get back here and we're trying to figure out what to do with the charity. Um, and my wife is a huge mental. And, and I say my wife, guys, Tina is the director of the charity. When we we founded this, I I, I might be the face, but my wife does so much work it's insane she's the director we want it to be woman powered we want it to be completely equal and completely util uh um unitarian there yeah, there's yeah, a word yeah, um yeah another word utilitarian and unitarian <laughs> um but uh we really want it to be so encompassing of everything and that's why the the missions have become wellness and equality um and wellness encompasses so much right now 
Um, I don't know if you, you've seen the last day or so, and uh, I don't know when this will air. So um, it's always needed, but um, the um, we're doing a huge push right now on period uh, awareness. And, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of men obviously don't know what a lot of women have to go through and period supplies, um, especially to the underserved are so expensive that people, a woman shouldn't have to choose between food and period supplies. Right. Um, and you know, in that you might not think you might think you're talking about homeless or something like that. No, I mean, there's people, there's young people getting out of college that are straddled with so much debt and trying to start their lives right. and a lot of them can't afford to buy tampons. And right. so we're doing, we're working with an, uh, a charity out of Denver also called period kits. And uh, we're going to be doing some period supply. The next, next week is period uh, awareness week. And we're going to get yeah. people. This will probably so, go up on Monday to start that week. Oh, so yeah. So perfect. 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 Um, and mixed with mental health awareness month. So yeah. Um, which is incredible. And we'll get to, we'll get to some mental health top topics as, as we go. I'm kind of a talker. So if you, no, if you need to kick, me, kick me, kick me you know, to the curb, you can't, but no, I, um, I, I tend to ramble a lot when I talk and, and sort of think extemporaneously, I'd rather just have the guest talk. That's, they don't need to listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> but we, but we want to. It's I'm glad that you sort of mentioned that though. That's a, that's, I think for a long time, that was a blind spot for me personally. Um, but I think really, so the job that I work now, I work for a um, substance abuse treatment facility. I work for a detox in Massachusetts. Um, and But I'm in sort of a community role. I, I'm not in direct care anymore. I was for a long time. Um, but now I'm sort of the community liaison for essentially Boston and as far north as I want to go. So really Maine and New Hampshire and parts of Vermont. Um, but I've spent a lot of time since the pandemic started uh, because you can't necessarily go anywhere. And yet people still obviously need uh, substance abuse treatment services. It's not like the pandemic kept people from drinking. Uh, <laughs> just look at any uh, uh, yeah. anybody in the suburbs, look at their Instagram feeds. And it was always like quarantinis. And, and, uh, and all the jokes about uh, in my recycling bin, don't think I'm an alcoholic. Like, yeah. You saw that a lot. And yeah. <laughs> you know yeah um so but i i i've done a lot of uh i've made a lot of connection with a lot of harm reduction agencies and harm reduction is sort of the latest wave um uh, in the substance abuse treatment world um and and it was a very different world for me i was used to i worked for a long time in like court diversion programs so people that get um arrested for theoretically lower level offenses or for drug court level offenses would come to our program rather than go to jail, hopefully to keep them out of jail, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that's really the 25 cent version of it, but they're all like abstinence based, right? So meaning that um, if you fail a drug test, you go to jail, even if it's just for an overnight or for a weekend or for a week or whatever. I say just like, like I could last for an overnight in jail, but um but harm reduction is a very different philosophy and it's really more about meeting people where they're at and really addressing what they call the social determinants of health, which is like, there might be a reason that somebody is using, they might not be ready to go to treatment today. They might just need you to listen to them. They just might need a sandwich today. They just might need 
gloves and socks because they've been walking around in the cold for a long time. They might just need period supplies. So the the long that was a long way of saying that a lot of the harm reduction agencies around do a lot of work with providing period supplies for people. And for a while I was like, I don't like I didn't understand the connection because I was used to this sort of narrow silo of substance abuse treatment services, like going to meetings and relapse prevention groups and da 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 da. Um, but I didn't necessarily understand all those other connections, but sometimes it's those connections that just get people in the door even to go to treatment or know that there's somebody out there who's going to give them this stuff that they need that maybe they didn't feel comfortable asking for. Um, but now that they know that they can go to you for that, sometimes they come to you for more traditional help. And so that was, that's sort of been the biggest shift, at least for me, out of the pandemic and even a little bit before in this sort of community role is learning how narrow my focus was in the field for such a long time and how many other services really are involved uh, in a sort of holistic mental health substance abuse treatment world. So so it's really, it's, it's wonderful uh, that you're doing that. And again, like, a, and because look, I'm a guy. And so when they, when people mention period, they go, ooh. <laughs> right? we, like if my wife and my daughter are talking about it, like, ooh. No, it's not, we, but you we, can't. <laughs> yeah, we along with um, with a lot of other mental health uh, awareness charities are trying to say in the stigma of mental health, right. we need to end the stigma of talking about periods. So we're gonna we're gonna you know kind of co-opt that as well. And it does play. Um, you made an interesting thing and made a connection in my brain as we were talking there. Um, not having period supplies in being in need is a mental health challenge oh sure how do you yeah so it it really ties together in so many ways if if you can't be comfortable and know you know if you can go to your job interview because you started your period that day right um your your mindset's not good so that's that's mental health guys and right it it's a good tie together you know we've also done like you were saying the just trying to figure out ways through the pandemic before we can get out there in in the festivals and everything and do direct action and we've been figuring out as things have been starting to open up some we've done some really massive food drives and done really good taking a thousand pounds of food here a thousand pounds there and we're trying to like i said not going to the gigantic food banks we're trying to target your neighborhood food banks and everything like that um, we did a diaper drive not too long ago. There's another one along with period supplies. Yep. People don't realize that none of diapers or period supply kits um, are covered by any of your food stamps or anything like that. So once again, imagine having to put your baby in a plastic bag because right. you can't with some maybe a paper towel stuck in it or something. Right. But, you know, instead of a sanitary diaper, you know, right. or sanitary, and that's the period problem you know people try to use toilet paper or something and it's it's not sanitary they're not made it's not made for that right um not that toilet paper is not sanitary paper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah right um, but that's not, not what it's for yeah that's not what it's for um so there's so many you know so many ways of we've been trying to make differences and it it just really comes out of all of our amazing you know our our push you know me and my wife josh Leela and everybody on our in McKenzie and we're trying to push things but then we we're growing unbelievably we now have 
um, a sober and sober curious group. Um, if you are, are in need of that or you want to check that out, um, we have, they have a Zoom meeting every Tuesday night. And it's really not, it's not 12-step based. It's not, it's just other people that are sober or sober challenged or sober curious trying to talk to each other and let you know, hey, here's what I went through. Maybe, maybe that'll help you help get through this. And maybe just telling that same person, telling someone might make them realize that what they're doing is the right path. Yep. So cool. Um, there's a self-harm group that launched. There's a, a grief group that launched. If you go to our, you know, on our main page on Facebook and everything, you can find a link to the Punk Rock Saves Lives Mental Health Group, and you can find the links for those um, Zoom groups every week. And and that's really come from the Sober Curious and Sober Group came from um, my one of my wife's dear friends, Alex, went um, sober. I, I can't tell you how long ago, yeah. but it, it was her. It was for herself. And she's been the driving force behind that, along with one of our advisors out of Texas, Jonathan Wells. And he's he's been sober for, I think, seven or 10 years. I, I could be completely wrong there. But um, and they got together and Mackenzie is sober also. So there was this great push there to and we we're not a, we don't care if you're sober or not. We But yeah, if you right. are and you want support, boom, here you go. If you're having, you know, my wife, unfortunately, lost her grandfather, who was her father figure this year. We lost one. We lost our oldest Corgi this year. And there, it all came really. And then uh, we both suffered through COVID pretty bad. I, I spent time in the hospital. Yeah. She was actually worse than me, but never got admitted to the hospital. Wow. Um, she's had some lasting effects. I've been lucky to start to come back. I still get out of breath some, but yeah. that was back in September, October. So um you know we're getting starting to get past it fully vaccinated both of us now um past the past the window yeah. of, so we actually for the first time since in a year and a half i got to see my mom for mother's day i flew flew home to savannah to see my mom for first time oh, a year that's and awesome a half. that's awesome and i i'm a 51 year old only child but you know yeah. so you gotta I, I love my i love my little mom to death and i had to go see her and because my parents were vaccinated and, and, uh, we were vaccinated. We felt like it was okay now to take that chance. Yeah. Um, you can obviously still get sick guys. So please, you know, we wore masks on the plane as a convenience to other people. I know mask mandates are opening up all over the place. So just, just be smart. Don't let anybody bully you, bully you into wearing one if you don't want to, or wearing one, if you want to, um, be you do what you think is right. Um, follow the guidelines of, if a business asks you to wear a mask, guess what? That's their prerogative. Yeah, don't so, be a dick. Yeah, <laughs> seriously, yeah. that that's kind sure. of the general thing is don't be a dick, right? Yeah, Mister Mister Dennis Jaggard there, right? So right, little ten foot pole. Don't be a dick song, yeah. right? But but that's a good. Uh, I joked for years that I started a because of the Floggy Molly cruise. I joked that I started a religion called. Uh, uh, salty dogma was the church <laughs> and uh we were I, I started a religion and the only rule of the whole religion was don't be a dick yeah right and if, you, and if you happen to be a dick apologize to the person and buy them a beer and if they don't drink give them a hug there, there you go. go there's right. there's the whole religion yeah <laughs> it's, really it shouldn't be much more difficult than that you know that's yeah. that's a that's it, a good guiding philosophy 
just don't be a dick. Right. <laughs> it's pretty. Or if you don't, if you if you want to tone it down a little, don't be a richer. That's what they say. <laughs> I've heard radio stations saying that, so yeah. I guess that's how they get past saying the word dick. But it my, but it's a it's a name. Why does it matter? No. It was my grandfather's name, for goodness sake. <laughs> yep. But I do I do want to point out that awesome John Snodgrass shirt on on. Isn't it? Isn't that wonderful? John is yeah. a is a great great human being and a great artist and. Yep. Uh, I'm lucky I've done some tours with him and he lives right up the road in Fort Collins. So we get to see each other on a semi-regular basis, obviously not since the pandemic, but, um, and, uh, it's, it's really cool to see other people rocking John because he's so much fun. I I think I'm rocking a little suicide machines tonight. So I appreciate that. And Jason's on our advisory board and, you know, Jason is Jason, Jason, the suicide machines and anti-flag are two of the bands that I honestly, if they tell you they stand behind something, yeah, yeah. And it's, they mean it. It's not a show. Yeah. It's not them trying to sell albums. Yeah, it's yeah. we really care. And so the fact that Jason and Justin are on the board, uh, advise, Justin's on the board of directors and the advisory board Jason is on. And, it, you know, I can call him and ask him an opinion on something and he's going to tell me straight. And that's what it's a, it's pretty amazing. So it's really cool. The bands that really rallied to us right off the bat and have been supportive. Um, and the mental health thing is really, as we've come, um, I just got a text if that's showing up for some Oh reason. no, nope. I don't see it now. Go away. There we go. <laughs> um, the, uh, um, but the, uh, the mental health aspects are really, and the bands have really helped us open up to that because they get asked by people all the time. And now they have us to refer to. And then it's been really, really cool and uh, growing every day. Um, the The last two weeks, we've been bombarded with our festival lineup giving us, well, it looks like we're going for it. Are y'all coming? And we're like, yeah. well, yeah. you know, it's, we got to figure all that out. Uh, I'm going to give the camper a little test drive um, <laughs> Saturday and Sunday. I'm going to run to, I'm going to do the 10 hour drive over to Kansas City to get my one of my one of my corgis lives in nashville half the year and here half the year um and so it's time for me to get my boy yeah and um uh kate my ex who has half custody is going to meet me halfway in kansas city i don't don't know if it's actually halfway but it's an easy place to meet Uh, so i'm going to run the camper over on saturday get my dog on sunday morning and drive back so you know a little that's I'm used to those 10 well, to 14 when you've been on the road. Yeah, that's nothing. Right. So and if you're by yourself and you have a, you know, a camper or a, a vehicle that's big enough, if you're tired, pull over, take a nap. Right. You know, it's, I, I get at that point when I hit the eight to 10 hours behind the wheel and I'm like, man, <laughs> I just pull over and 15 minutes later, I'm, I can drive eight more hours. You know, just one of those quick little power naps can change yeah. the world. I do and not have no. that in me, but, well, but then again, I haven't been on the road forever. Myself. So I didn't have to learn that, you know, yeah. it's, um, that's one thing that I had to teach myself was you don't have to do it all take a nap. And it, it changed, changed my mental health when it was out there touring because, okay, take a 15 minute nap. And yeah. luckily, you know, the last seven years of touring, I've had either the little camper or now an RV that, allows me to it's kind of like my own little house on wheels and tour bus um so i can pull 
I follow the bands and a lot of people don't realize that they think, Oh, you're on tour. You're, you're riding on the bus with the band. No, yeah. no, <laughs> I would. And, and there have been bands that have invited us to have a bus spot, some of the bigger tours and stuff like that. And that's f- phenomenal. And it's great. And, you know, the warp tours, I did a lot of them in the buses and all of that, but, um, uh, having my own space. Um, and then if I have a couple, like say a volunteer wants to go do a week on the road, they can ride with me and we have multiple beds in the camper. So we can, I use one of those, the major other bed is, is storage half the time, but that's cause it's just me usually. But, yeah. Right. Um, but it's, that's a one, you know, mental health thing. You gotta, you gotta get what's right for you. And uh, there's, I'm getting texts by Brent from Reno divorce. Now, <laughs> uh, you, if you guys don't know those guys, please check out Reno divorce. Fantastic punk band out of Denver. And um, they are, I don't know if you've seen the punk rock saves lives volume one uh, sure. album album that we have out. There's only about a hundred left. So if you, if you haven't ordered one, get one. And we had a, we had a production problem. I don't know if you saw that. I saw that on uh, Instagram. Yeah. That's unfortunate. All, all but eight albums were warped. Wow. When they got to us. And luckily. Any idea uh, how that happened? Yes. We now know. Um, Pirates Press got a hold of the actual production company in, I think it's Prague. Um, yeah. I know they're in the Czech Republic. Yeah. Yes. And um, the, the awesome people at Pirates Press went and looked into it and it was their fault. They actually boxed them hot. Wow. And that's why they were all worked identically. Oh, they, okay. Um, they boxed them too soon. They didn't let them cool before they sleeved them and boxed them. Yeah. Um, and they, and the, the people admitted that and they've jumped us up on the schedule. So if you did order one already, it shouldn't be too much longer. We're just waiting for the final to be sent to us and they will be that awesome green still that the picture showed yeah uh, i i was keeping that secret we had not said anywhere that it was going to be uh olive green and lo and behold adam gets them and if, if you don't know adam is i am records which is the factions record label adam is uh the guitar player in the faction with steve caballero um and he's also the president of our board of directors so oh, awesome. it all yeah, it kind of fell into uh, fell into a lot of greatness to come up with this, and so many awesome bands donated to help us do this. And once we get the final tally done and everybody their albums, we're also making part of the proceeds of that are going. Most of it's going to our operational budget to help us get ready for the tour season and all of that. Um, and we are already working on volumes two and three, and Adam wants to do five. So wow. hopefully. Um, if you're yeah. a band and if you're a band and you watch this, um, you're welcome to submit. Just email rob at punkrocksavesalives.org. Um, we are only making 1,000 of each album, and it's only vinyl. We're making that was our was our push as a fundraiser, and we're not asking the bands for their the rights to the song or anything like that. They still maintain the digital right and all of that, and so people. There have been people going, but why can't I get a CD or what can I do? And I'm yeah. like, that's not the agreement we made with the bands. Right. Um, and you really wanted to make it special. And that's why it's final. And even if you don't have a record player, this thing's so collectible with the bands that were, you know, when the descendants openly give you a new track that's never been released. Yeah. You, you, 
we might be doing something okay. You know, uh, Floggy Molly sent us a version of Salty Dog that is acoustic, brand new. They did and has never been released. Uh, Anti-Flag did a re-recorded an uh, acoustic version of 2020 Vision, the title track of their new album, and gave it to us, and they're not going to put it anywhere else, they say. They're welcome to, but they Yeah, right. Um, Reno Divorce leads off. And here's the crazy part. Adam and I have a band, and I guess for me, Adam and Leland producing this whole album, our one push was that Try would have a, a Try stands for These Roving Years, which is yep. our band. Sure. And uh, uh, it's the first time I've recorded vocals in a band since 94, wow. maybe 90. So it was uh, really, really cool. I, I kind of became a professional, uh, steal a line from uh, um, High Fidelity. I became a professional admirer or professional, you know, what not maybe it wasn't admirer. What did they use? Uh, but whatever they used, I was that way. I kind of just became the ultimate fan and band supporter and, yeah. uh, and everything. And now I'm venturing back into making art. It's pretty cool. So, <laughs> um, but uh, we have a track on there, uh, bouncing souls face to face and Barstool uh, preachers. Is that Barstool right? preachers? Yep. And it's a brand new song. And it, uh, I, I, I'm not sure if they'll put it on their new album that they just recorded, but they're so excited about their new album. Um, and if it's half as good as this track, I think um, Mercy Music from uh, uh, Las Vegas have one on there that's unbelievable. The Faction, obviously without them being the Faction, but we have the, they went in and re-recorded all of their hits right after their last show ever. Um, they say last show ever, right? Yeah, I yeah, think. Right. Their 40th anniversary is coming up, so I'm hoping yeah. that they'll do some shows for the 40th it's anniversary. It's never a last show ever. <laughs> yeah. But uh, they they recorded all of their greatest grinds, not greatest hits, but greatest yeah. grinds. And uh, they gave us the 2020 version of Skate and Destroy. Oh, wow. So it's, it sounds great. And you, uh, Not that you couldn't in the old, old 1982 version or 83 version of Skate and Destroy, could you understand the lyrics clearly? But you can now. It's really <laughs> right. cool. Um, and I'm a lyric guy. So that's, yeah. you know, uh, so that's really rad. And that's, I mean, like I said, there's only a thousand and about 900 of them are already pre-sold. So uh, when this airs, if you haven't gotten it, go to I am records with an, with an S store. Yes, that's two S's in a row dot com and pre-order one. And hopefully you'll get it in the next couple of weeks. We're just waiting on them to get here from the re repressing yeah and yeah but, wherever people are watching is if it's on youtube or if it's on a podcast wherever you choose to listen to this that you're listening from the description will have as many of these links as i can find so to the to the charity itself oh. and to 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 the record yep. and all that stuff yeah you're so. welcome to put any of the links for the um the support groups and all of that and if you need anything just email tina and i will bless yeah, yeah. you everything. and um there's uh you know there's so much cool going on and so many bands and people that really get this i mean it's really cool i never got i, I made you show your dress drummer tattoo but i never <laughs> said um if you've watched any of our pma sessions on wednesday yep. night or anything we all the time say that we come from the joe strummer school of punk and that was to be exemplary kind and yep. be being punk is being kind and that was joe and yep. um so when you when i saw that you had done the stormerville 
or excuse me, Joe Strummer Foundation tattoo. Yeah. They changed the name. I, right. I, I still <laughs> I still have some buttons that say Strummer. Yeah. Um, fantastic organization too. So check them out. Um, but um, and you know the alarm who I worked for for you know twelve years basically. Yeah. Um, were direct descendants of the clash i mean they they were called clash jr when they came out right and but um and the drummer of the alarm now was the last drummer in the mescaleros so that's oh i didn't know that great tie to get that's my one my super one regret in my 51 years on this earth and punk rock um is that i never got to see the clash or joe strummer live that was and, or meet Joe and yeah. that to me that all kind of rolls in together because I've been lucky enough to be in the in the industry where usually if I love a band I'm right. going to meet them somehow right. uh, and only one or two have let me down <laughs> almost everybody has has stood up and been there but luckily I've gotten to sit with Smiley who was the drummer of the Mescaleros in a pub and just talk Joe Strummer stories yeah. and he told me Oh, talk about one of the most fabulous sitting in a pub in Wales, hearing Joe Strummer stories while drinking a pint. I was it might I, not get better than that. Yeah. No, yeah. no. Well, other than my uh, my uh, jersey tattoo um, was uh, Brian from the Bouncing Souls giving me a tattoo. I'll show you. In, go. You got one. Yep. There it is. Brian That's giving right. me a Brian tattoo. Gale. Yep. In his news shop. And yep. is it Jones Beach? No, it's not Bradley Jones Beach. Beach. Bradley Beach. Yeah, right. I, I knew, and it's right beside um, the famous one. Uh, whatever famous, the famous beach that Bruce Springsteen made famous. Asbury Park. Um, yeah, it's like Asbury ten minutes Park. from Asbury Park. Yep. Yep. So sitting in Brian's shop, getting a jersey tattoo, he did. You know, did the the Wonder Bar. What's the the mascot? Um, Tilly. Oh, Tilly. Yeah. That's his name. <laughs> um, he gave me Tilly as my New Jersey tattoo. While we listen, he was like, I'm doing a Jersey tattoo you on you. We're going to listen to, um, we're going to listen to Springsteen the whole time. I went, okay. <laughs> um, That's and perfect. then in the middle of it, Brian Fallon called on, on his phone and we were like, Brian, get over here. Come on, hang out. And he was like, I'm in, a, I'm in Europe. <laughs> but, but if Brian had shown up, I don't know of a more New Jersey, Jersey. Day yeah. Right. Europe. Of course. Yep. The funny part is that was my off day on tour with Ozzy Osbourne. So, oh, wow. yeah, we, we got to do bone marrow drives on the entire last Aussie tour. Wow. Um, and that was right before the end of the charity too. So that was, it was pretty cool. And, you know, there's a, there's, a, I'll stand that there's an argument that, that Black Sabbath might've been a punk band. So, yeah. <laughs> or influenced by. Oh, so, absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, they did I, it their way. You know, I, I stand by the argument that if a band does it their way, right. That's punk rock. And yeah. And I said it's, last night, um, uh, Mike Fisher and I were talking last night um, for his podcast, and we think that uh, hip hop, original hip hop, was punk rock as could be, and it's because it was a revolutionary art form. Oh sure, yep. And that's to me, punk rock and rap kind of genesis at the same time. Yep. And it was and like it, down the street from each other, really. Yeah. If you want to go into like if you want to seventies New York, York the, yeah, yeah. If you want to argue that New York was the epicenter, and um, and you know London and L.A. consider, I mean London and New York considered to be the epicenters, but there's argument for L.A. There's argument for there's sure. 
it's just i just think i think there were so many punk bands before the to- the coin term i mean mc5 I yeah mean, it that was a punk band that, and there were you know way before there was the term punk right uh, so you know there's so much more the runaways were were a punk band yeah, absolutely. and then also and then when they're together um the sex pistols it, you know it's famous that joan jett sees the sex pistols breaking as they're the runaways and all of a sudden the next day joan's all punked out yeah, yeah right and we could we call joan jett the the queen of funk right you know so <laughs> there you go so right um so it's i i for a long time i, I kind of felt bad that i would argue what, what what was punk and what wasn't and over the last few years i still say it sometimes and but i try not to because i really believe that any band or any movement that does it their way does it diy and goes for it and goes for it relentlessly is a punk band or a punk movement so i don't know if you're familiar with craig finn from the hold steady Um, i love old steady as do i and and speaking of fallon i think it was uh, craig finn opened they did sort of a co um solo acoustic tour fallon played just by himself and then and craig finn opened and he was demoing or debuting really a bunch of new songs and he has a song that has since been released um but it, it a, a lot of the hook of the first verse is about punk rock and, and like being introduced to punk rock and how like the person who told him about punk rock said that there's, there's no rules. And he didn't realize how many rules there were to being punk rock. It was about, it's, it's, it was awesome. And I vividly, it's one of those songs I vividly remember the first time I heard it and laughing out loud as he was, cause the hook is like, there's so many rules. And I remember laughing out loud in this otherwise quiet club. I was like, Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> but that, but that that's, was, that's... that was perfect because we got into this infighting for such a long time about what is punk and what isn't punk and what is selling out. And what are you allowed to wear? What are you not allowed to wear? Can you wear what color laces can you wear on your doc Martens? It's, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, it, I... it seems like we're past that, but oh. <laughs> that was, I have, I'm kind of semi-famous for having the reggae uh, laces in my yeah. doc. I've I've done that for like the last ten years, and yeah. I I struggle to find them. So if you ever see any uh, <laughs> of the reggae colored laces, please let me know. I've, I'm down to like one or two pair. Believe it or not, Vans had them for a long time, so I would order them from Vans. But I don't know if they still do. I need to check into that. If I ever um, go into the city, because we haven't been into downtown Boston in well since before the pandemic, so I don't even know what stores still exist on like Newbury Street in that area. But if the Doc Martin stores still there, it used to be right across from the Van store. So one of the two may have them. I'll check them. Out. There you go. Yeah, they're just in the. I found. I actually have a pair of checkerboard, um, checkerboard that I've kept, but I've never put them in a pair. Yeah. But, um, and it's weird. You know, it's not to be cliche or anything, but I've worn Doc Martens since the 90s. And if you put a good insole in them, they're the only shoe that doesn't give me plantar fasciitis. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. and as much as I'm on my feet at festivals and stuff like that, I do wear really, I bought to go to go old man. I, I bought an actual pair of green New Balance and put really nice insoles in them that I wear with shorts at festivals because Doc Martens, Number one, we look grunge if we wear, you know, right. upper docks with shorts, right. but yeah. <laughs> plus they're hot. Yeah. So, um, 
that's the only time you pretty much don't see me in a pair of Doc Martens is if you catch me in shorts at a festival when I'm sweating to death at a, in 110 degrees with a hundred thousand people, you know? Um, I so, saw, I, I bought a pair of New Balance is probably five or six years ago now, but for the same reason, but I was sort of inspired by Lenny Lashley from, from Dark Buster, from Street Dogs, et cetera, et cetera. And I saw him play, play a show at the Midway Cafe, which is like the place he's bartended for a hundred years. And he was wearing new, like blue New Balance fresh foams or something like that on stage. He's like, I'm fucking 50. Like, I like, it's, it's, it's all about comfort, not style anymore. That was Lenny's voice to a T too. I love that man. Yeah. He's, He, uh, believe it or not, he is one of my dear friends. He's one of my dear friends sponsor. So he, he, he literally Lenny and I stay in touch a lot because he keeps one of my friends alive. If one of my friends is doubting it's Lenny, he calls first and Lenny is his actual, uh, sponsor through, um, AA and everything. So Lenny Lenny is, Lenny is one of my favorite people. I love that guy. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so sort of based on that, I was like, well, okay, I don't have to be the cool guy that wears Vans anymore because the Vans were killing my feet after a while. And my, my feet would get sore. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to wear a New Balance because Lenny says you can wear a New Balance. <laughs> I think it, it might have been 2012 or 2013. I was wearing uh, Vans and um, Adidas skate shoes all the time and, and working, you know, 10 festivals in a summer for the charity. So I'm on my feet for 12 hours a day and I got a case of plantar fasciitis. And if you've never had it, you never want it. It quite possibly is one of the most severe pains you'll ever deal with in your life. And there's nothing you can do to cure it except rest. And I don't know how to rest. I I joke that I'm part of the Henry, Henry Rollins, part animal, part machine thing. Yeah. Just go, go, go. And so I literally dealt with that for an entire, entire two-year festival run and then finally got a christmas break off where i didn't do anything for a month month and a half and it finally went away yeah. and that day on i have owned nothing but really good shoes with really good insoles yeah. and i know that sounds and i and i do get called at some of these festivals i get called the the festival dad yeah that's because i try to help people right. <laughs> and i'm just like a hey, uh sunscreen you know right. I, I don't right. want you to get skin cancer i don't want you to burn right I don't, you know so I, I tend to be the guy that's like hey i know you're an adult but hey put some sunscreen on or you can, you can still be self-destructive in other ways but for god's yes. sake wear good shoes <laughs> wear good shoes <laughs> it'll it'll help you keep being destructive longer right so. if you because if you make it to 50 your back will thank you <laughs> Yes. Yes. I'm lucky. I, I do have, and I'm lucky. I found a sports um, chiropractor uh, a few years back and he has really helped me stay a little more healthy because, you know, you know, working a 12 hour festival at 50 is a different world than working one at 40 and right. different than being 20 and going to one, you know, right. it's right. It's uh, and, and when I do get those crazy moments where the music gets me and I dive into a pit, that's uh, a couple of day recovery, <laughs> but sometimes it's really worth it. And um, if you do drink, you'll, you'll laugh at this as you get to this, you know, this age of us that have been through it, a, a, a good day bender turns into a three or four day hangover. It's not yeah. like, it's not like wake up hair of the dog the next day anymore. Right. So kind of, 
you kind of have to be smart. And, you know, people think, you know, a lot of times when I get to tour with this, you know, if I go out with a social distortion and a flogging Molly tour and they're like, Oh, y'all are partying every night. Y'all having a blast. No, no. Most of the time we, uh, yeah. when you think I'm drinking a Jameson at the bar, I'm probably having a diet Coke and I'm probably driving six hours right. during the night towards the next venue. But I go to the, the after party for a few minutes. Cause I like to hang out with my buddy, Nathan and Nathan is a big part of the charity and, has been a big supporter of mine for years and Foggy Molly as a whole are just like part of our family. Sure. Um, and very, very instrumental to the founding of Punk Rock Saves Lives. Uh, they were, they were all on board and never, you know, answered any questions I had and brought us some big supporters. And so, you know, you know, we're, we're lucky, you know, and so we, you know, we went with people we feel not only have, um, instrumental or uh musical clout but they are good humans yeah. and that's you know the anti-flag guys have been unbelievable and the justin especially and you know uh pat and chris chris one and chris two it's not really chris one but, <laughs> <laughs> but um they they've all just been really supportive of everything chris used to he does it with whoever's on tour with them but for a long time in uh is it press core everything? I think it's press core. One of the songs he there's like a three syllable burst that he does as a backup to Justin's. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. And for the longest time when it was love, hope, strength, he would say love, hope, strength is that three blast. And I'd be like standing in the lobby and I'd hear our name and I'd be like, what? <laughs> so um, as does that we, stuff ever know, get old? I mean, I know you've been in the scene for a long time and Ben, you've met all of the people except for Strummer, who is my one regret too. Like I had Joe Strummer tickets in my hand one night and I had a guy that I worked with uh, who was like, well, you can either come with me to the show. This was in 99, I guess. And I was still in college. I was a broke kid or whatever. And he was like, you can either come with me or you can work for me Sunday so that I can go to the show. I'm like, well, Sunday's time and a half. I need money. So I worked. And then he never came back around. So yeah. th that was my one regret. But does that stuff, when you get a shout out from a band like Anti Flag, or when you have people like Flogging Molly and and whoever, um, say that they want to support the cause that you have, does that stuff ever get old? Do you no. or do you still like? Oh my God, really? Yeah, it it blows my mind. I I I am very good at looking professional on the outside and dealing with it but the 14 year old in me when when you know justin i text justin and said, like we have a kid's book coming out and i texted justin and said hey justin would you do a quick you know five minute online i mean a video reading of the kid's book that we can use for the disc you know and he was like absolutely this is great yeah. and i'm like uh, uh, uh you know um <laughs> it's it's such an honor and yes they have become friends over the years but i never let that get in the way of the fact that they're and becoming friends and becoming um allies is more more what it is they're they're all helping me um affect positive change you know what i mean and that's and that's the flattering thing the um when anti-flag first got to really know um the bone marrow registry through me um they actually came out at one point on the tour we did we did anti-flag real big fish tour that was oh, okay a, a, 
that was kind of fun. It was, yeah. it was completely out of left field, but it yeah. was a re- uh, really cool tour and a lot of fun. And anti-flag in the last show that I was going to be on was new Orleans and they came out and filmed me talking about the bone marrow registry. And then they all swabbed on camera. Oh, wow. And showing, and when you can show your fans that you're not just talking about it, that you're willing to do it, it's not a government conspiracy. And, you know, anti-flag are very guarded about that stuff. Sure. They, they, if they're going to support you, they're really going to check you out. Yeah. And um, so the fact that they did that, and then they put together and cut one of their songs together of me talking about the bone marrow registry and them swabbing and it's out there, you can find it. And that was such an honor, you know, and when uh, Dave King at riot fest uh, uh, three or four or five years ago uh, on stage started talking, I'm standing off to the back of the stage. I, I, I don't want at the festivals. It has to be, a band that I absolutely love for me to walk away from the booth. Cause I'm kind of a workaholic. Um, but luckily at riot fest and punk rock bowling, we're kind of wired in so much that I have really good volunteers and my, yeah. my wife is there to run the booth and stuff. So I've done a lot of artist relations over the, the last three or four years at each of those. And um, I'm standing on the back of the stage, just kind of enjoying Floggy Molly, which I don't get to do very much. And I'm yeah. just, I was like, I'm going to watch, I'm going to watch my guys this time. And, and, uh, Dave starts telling a hundred thousand or how many kids are watching at Riot Fest in Chicago. What a great charity love, hope, strength is, and you should all go get swabbed. And he called me, uh, a giant bastardo to the whole crowd. And I'm like, <laughs> Dave King just told 60,000 kids that I'm a bastard. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right. I've made Dave's- it. Yeah, and Dave's world being a bastard is a good thing. Yeah, right. So, you know, that's the way. But uh, so, I mean, those things are just, just cherry, you know, that just a little good for the ego because we do, we work very hard to help people. And when you put yourself out there all the time, sometimes you start to get run down. And just those little, you know, you might not think they're little things, but they're little things and they, they just kick me in the butt and here we go again. You know what yeah, I mean? And, right it's, it's really, it's really great when, you know, through this whole thing is we've really, you know, we're pushing all these mental health issues and everything. And when we've done these PMA sessions every week, you know, I do a live uh, thing on Facebook every week. And I mean, we just had, uh, we had Jimmy uh, from Pennywise last night, Jimmy last night, you know, Jim from Pennywise calls in and just sits there and talks with us like he's, and he is, you know, he's, I don't want to do this to mean it in a bad way, but Jim's a bro. Yeah. You know, and you know, that's, that's awesome. When, when Stacy B or Lynn Lee call in from bad cup, bad cup, and just want to sit and talk and affect change with people. And, you know, Stacy's really wired in with uh, the sidewalk sidewalk project. project. Yeah. They do amazing work. Oh, oh, such amazing stuff. And um I know Riley does a lot with that. If you, if you, yep. and we had Riley and come on and tell her story, such an, you know, an inspirational story and um, just all of that, just every, it's the, the inspiration in our scene is just unbelievable. We had uh, someone that um, I even joke with him about punk is uh, Andrew McMahon, who was the lead singer of Jack's mannequin and something yep. corporate. 
And now he's solo as uh, Andrew McMahon in the wilderness. wilderness, A lot of people don't realize Andrew is alive today because someone donated marrow to him, his sister. Um, And so Andrew took, take, took us on tour as love, hope, strength. And now as punk rock saves lives to do bone marrow drives, every show he ever has. And Andrew's fans are fanatical. And if, um, it's funny to say that because that's where the name fan came from. Right, but, right. Um, but when Andrew tells people to go get swab because it saved my life directly, the that people run to the booth. I mean, we you would think we had signed up every Andrew McMahon fan <laughs> in the world, but every night. And he did that at Riot Fest for us, too. He gave us an amazing shout out. And the funny part is I had I knew he was playing. And we grabbed a table and a whole bunch of supplies and kind of bootlegged a, a, <laughs> another booth over in the crowd right yeah. by, a, by a telephone pole um, or a light pole or whatever. And uh, we put a booth out there just because we knew he would probably say something and his fans. And he literally looked up from the stage and saw where I was set up and pointed to us. And for, like the five to 10 minutes after he stopped playing, we signed up over a hundred people right there. Wow. I mean, at, at the pop-up. Table. Yeah. Right. And now how many more people came to the booth back in the vendor area yep. because of him was amazing, but people just swamped us. Yeah. And um, so the power of having these bands behind us and to really share the ideas and, you know, the, and the cool thing is get, get to the booth and now now with punk rock saves lives you know we're going to obviously have mental health um uh directories and cards and resources at the booth for you if that's what you need um we will still do the marrow drives um we're going to do like we were talking about the period kits we're going to have period kit building so we might we might bring a whole ton of period supplies with us and have they how they do it is they get a paper bag and they get people to decorate the paper bags with inspirational stuff this is period yeah. kits and they and then we have them load you know a certain number of tampons for a month supply a certain number of pads certain number of wipes certain number whatever they put in the in the thing yeah. um so we're thinking about having like if we can have enough room in the back of a booth or something to invite you to come to the booth and build kits and draw the paper bags and That's be awesome. inspirational. So directing, you know, obviously offering you to make a, make a difference in the world without really doing, give us 10 minutes and you know, give right. us 15 minutes, have some fun, draw on a bag, sit in the shade. It's yeah. hot at festivals. Come sit in the shade. We have fans. Yeah. <laughs> luckily those those booths usually have power so i load about 20 fans and <laughs> i want to do misters but we always have paperwork and misters yeah, yeah, yeah. ruin paperwork right but um that's the that's a you know people sweating on your on the form while they're signing up to be a marrow donor was yeah. the bane of my existence but it, oh, I believe it's it. part of it as long as the swab didn't get contaminated we're in good shape so yeah um and that's that's going to be a big thing we have really we had a meeting with the bone marrow registry last week and they're so excited that we're going to keep doing it. We, you know, we could have moved on from that, but that's so important. And, you know, in my world, I even have a skateboard that I was drawn as a superhero, a swab man, 
and that's it's, awesome. It really, it's weird. It looks like me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm flying through the air with a giant swab because I swabbed a 200,000 cheeks in 10 years. Wow. But, um, but that's still important to us. So we're going to have the cool thing about the, to close the whole idea of punk rock saves lives is we can do more than just cancer and yeah. we still care about that, but we really can. And the mental health thing and with it being this month, and obviously you start it next week for the week of we're going to be collecting period supplies right yeah. when this goes, yeah. but we've really grown in this mental health world and the, the support groups are so amazing. So please check those out. And, uh, you know, if you, we have a hooligan program, so that's going to be really rolling out there. We need your help to survive and continue to do good. Um, if you could ever, as soon as it hits live on the website, I think she's got it ready, but it's by next week. By the time this airs, hopefully, <laughs> um, it'll be up and you can join us for 5, 10, 50, kind of the NPR model where you sure. can donate, yeah. yep. you know, $25 a month and that if we had 500 people donating $25 a month, you don't notice it coming out of your account. It's really low. And it would, it would fund us to do so many amazing missions. Um, so please check that out. Um, I don't, I'm not, I don't beg for money, but um, we are complete grassroots nonprofit. So um, if you have it in you, we have ways you can peer to peer raise uh, you can do, we're going to have a 5k coming up, um, virtual 5k. Oh, awesome. So you can run anywhere in the world. Tina's yeah. working on that right now. Um, you mind if I hold up the book? No, absolutely. We have a kid's book launching in two weeks. So, um, really cool. Uh, you'll be able to get it on our website and I believe you'll actually can order it directly from Amazon. Oh, and you can do it. We're, we're one of the charities for Amazon smile. So, Oh, right, right, right. I meant to say that. If you're in order, if you order from Amazon, if you use Amazon, and I understand the argument that Amazon's evil and some of it's, but it is, it is very needed for a lot of things. And and let's be honest, they, if you're listening to this, you use Amazon. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And you can order, you can order anything as long yeah. as you use Amazon Smile. You can designate us as your charity, and we get. It's a small donation, but it every penny adds up. Sure. And so that's really rad. That's active now. Um, we've got, uh, we just got added to the national, uh, um, whatever the database is where you can get matched at your bit at work. Oh, if okay. You're, yep. If you're, if you're, if you, whoever you work for does matching donations when you donate to charities, we are one of those, we are recognized as that now. So, you know, if you donate, $25 out of your check to us check with your work because you might get that doubled. Yeah. You know? So that's I'll try rough. to have as many of those links in whatever description, either, like I said, on YouTube or, or wherever you go for your podcasts. Uh, hopefully if you're still listening at this point, all that information should be in the description. I'll try to have as much as possible. Uh, I don't Cause I, it's, I talk so much. I don't know how long you do these for. My so. I just, I do them till we don't. <laughs> I like it. Uh, my but dad will still be listening. <laughs> I love it. And so, well, you know, great. we'll blow it up and, yeah. and the whole, and the whole dying scene, uh, the whole organization is just something that's incredibly, I've followed it for years and I use it and believe it or not, there's, um, I Heart radio on, there's a, uh, a, a it, I can get it live here in Denver because I have an HD radio in my car, mm -hmm. but, 
there's a station called punk tacos and they play nothing but punk now it does get a little repetitive because they have to program it it's yeah, not yeah. it's not like it's not a live dj well there there are djs on it but they record it all because oh, they're okay. DJs on the on the primary station and they yeah. volunteer to do the punk side oh wow um and it's really rad um and they you know so sometimes it'll get a little repetitive but punk tacos if you do iHeartRadio, look it up it's really cool and like i said it's one of those where it could be paramore or it could be crass you yeah. know it's, it's that's every, great yeah and it's it's incredible and they really try to give we're actually trying to get try on there right now i'm i'm working on calling the dj and saying look i have you know, yeah. another denver band and and they are based here in denver so um that's really cool it's 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 a subset of our alternative station here and i guess the main dj is a punk fan and wanted his own punk station that's so. great and but if you don't have an hd radio you can't get it unless yeah. you go to the iheart radio app and which so you, which you can listen to this on iheart radio and then just switch over to, to there you that, go right and, and we there's basically like three of us that are really working for working for dying scene now uh and Jacob, who is one of the two guys that hosts the Dying Scene Radio podcast, which they've had for years, he's a Denver guy too. So, oh, uh, Jason, J Jacob Fox is his name. Jacob Fox, yeah. I know who he is. He's a, yep. he's a Denver guy, and uh, so there's for really like of the, three of us nowadays well, with Dying. The Scene. For Love of Punk people were from here too. Yep. Now they had a they had a division in Chicago too, but they were. But most of them were here in Denver. But uh, Johnny passed away a few years ago, and I haven't yep. seen a lot. He was kind of the driving force, I do believe. Yeah, but, Kendra, Kendra, Kendra worked for him for a long time. She's in Chicago now. She started the yep. bad copy out of Chicago. She's yep. a she's a wonderful, wonderful human yeah, being I've, too. I've hung out with her before. So yep. very, very good people. She's a good egg. There's a lot of good eggs. There's there's some there's one or two bad eggs, but there's some good people in this scene. Bad eggs happen, but we just get through them, right. you know, and uh, just remember, don't be a dick, you know. Exactly. A... <laughs> Thanks for doing this. I will, uh, I will stop recording.